I have a question for you. Have you ever felt like you were punched in the gut? Now, maybe some of you like literally can remember a time that you were punched in the gut, or maybe that's more of a figurative kind of a statement for you, but whether it's literal being punched in the gut or whether it's figuratively being punched in the gut, it has the same result. It just sucks the air right out of us. And I know that for me, uh, this past Wednesday, I experienced that very personally. Um, I got a text uh, kind of mid-morning from my sister who lives uh, less than an hour from Washington, D.C. And her text was simply, hey, if you're not watching the news, you may want to turn it on. And what I saw on television was like a punch in the gut. It took the air right out of me. It left me in pain. It left me heart sick. Because I felt, probably like many others, I felt violated. You know, I felt that the rule of law in our nation was being violated. I felt that our elected officials were being violated. I felt that our law enforcement officers were certainly being violated. And I felt like that the U.S. Capitol, this building that represents something incredible, which is not just a way of life, but, but really has to do with our way of uh, living in a just society, a free society, was violated. I felt that there was a violation of, of just watching other Americans not choosing to do the right thing. And I think as I've even thought about it longer, it, it really felt like a spiritual violation. And I say that because, you know, for anyone who is committing their lives to Jesus and to walking in his ways, and to then have the fruit of the Spirit being manifest in our lives, um, in our daily actions and interactions that are marked by love and peace and gentleness, right, even long-suffering, all those things were thrown out the window. And it grieved my heart because it really felt like, not only me personally, but it felt like there was just this huge violation that was happening in our nation. I know when I experience these kind of gut punches that take the wind right out of my soul, I'll tell you, you know, it, it, it's, it's pretty challenging. It's devastating. And I think for me personally, maybe you as well, that this was even more challenging because this landed just five days into our new year, a year that we've experienced so many gut punches in so many different ways that it's like, you know, when we're just hoping to, to grab a hold of something new, it's like now we experience this it's like, wow, this was really, really challenging for me personally. And I bet I'm speaking to some of you as well. And I'll tell you, when, when I experience these kind of gut punches, these body blows to my soul, I tend to have two default mechanisms that, that operate. One is to give in or to give up, right? Giving up is something that is easy to do. 
It's like, I just want to pull the covers up over my head and say, no more. I just kind of want to stop caring for a bit and just kind of go numb, right? Are, are there days that you've experienced that in the past year or in the, the past week? Or just giving in, you know, where somehow I would just want to medicate the pain that I'm experiencing. And for some of us, that comes in lots of different ways. For me, it, it can just come sitting in front of the television, binge-watching TV, eating bowls of ice cream. I just want to give in and give up. And I know that I'm not alone in this. I know that there are many others who contend with those same default mechanisms that we fall into when we, when we experience these gut punches. But I believe that there is another option, and it's what we're going to be talking about today. One that I believe that Jesus calls us to. And when you think of anyone who experienced body blows and gut punches, literally, not only figuratively, is our Savior. He is one who understands the human condition because he walked the human condition. He walked as one of us, God himself, leaving the safety net, right, of heaven. If there's ever a safety net, Jesus left it to come to earth, this place where we do experience hardship, challenges, pain, and gut punches. And Jesus experienced all of that. And yet he pressed on and calls us to do the same. I believe it's what Peter was talking about to his friends in, in 1 Peter chapter 5. And Peter was writing to a group of his friends that experienced real hardship. You just go and read the letter of 1 Peter and you're going to see these were a persecuted people that experienced all kinds of body blows. But I want you to see what he says to them in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, because I think it's going to speak to you and I as well. He says this, he says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to punch in the gut, right? Just to take the stuff right out of you. That's my paraphrase. What Peter says is he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That might be even worse than a gut punch. But Peter says, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Be strong in your faith. In other words, instead of giving up or giving in, we're called to another way, and that is to get after it. Don't give up, don't give in, get after it in faith. And listen, when you look at these words that Peter uses to encourage his friends who were being persecuted, I mean, just listen to these words. Stay alert. There's, there's another 
uh, translation that says, be sober-minded. Sober-minded. In other words, stop your drinking thinking, right? Don't look at this through this mindset of, of, you know, kind of being drunk, like kind of giving in or giving up. But it's like, hey, stay alert. I'm calling you to pay attention to what's happening in this moment. I know that it would be easy to, to give up or give in at this time, but I'm calling you to a different way of looking at this, a different way of living, but it's gonna require, come on, everybody, kind of sit up on the edge of your seat, all right? I'm looking at you out in the courtyard. Kind of adjust yourselves. Sit up on the edge of your seat. <laughs> Stay alert, Peter says. And he says, stand firm. I mean, there's this posture I don't know if you can get me here, but there's this posture, right, that, that boxers take where they plant their feet. They, they don't just stand there kind of waiting, you know, to, to be knocked in the chin and knocked over. No, they, they take a, a boxer's stance. They're, they're like, they're, they're alert, and they are standing firm, and which is exactly what Peter reminds his friends to do because it's gonna be such a temptation to give up and to give in. But he says, stay alert. He says, stand firm. And then he says, be strong in your faith. I want you to remember something right here, dear friends. When he says, be strong in your faith, he's not saying, be strong in yourself. He's not saying, be strong politically. He's not saying be strong in the natural. He is saying that this is a matter of faith. So even when I adopt this alert boxer stance and standing firm and alert, I'm not doing that in the natural. I'm not looking for someone to counterpunch because I feel like I've been punched. This is about my faith. This is about the recognition that, and I've said this so many times to you, my friends, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And that is the source of my faith. That is the source of my hope. And he's saying, stand firm and be strong in your remembrance, in your trust in the Lord, that even when all The world seems like they're going to hell in a handbasket. I'll tell you this, Jesus does all things well. Therefore, it can be well with my soul even when it feels like I've taken a gut punch. (laughs) And one of the ways that we see God's people getting after it in faith, not giving up or giving in, but getting after it in faith. One of the ways that we see consistently repeated through all of Scripture from the old to the new is to join in prayer with fasting. I want you to listen to the prophet Joel as he writes about this season that his people were in. I mean, talk about a gut punch. I want you to listen to Joel 1 verses 11 and 12. You should go back and read the whole chapter, but this gives a really good snapshot 
of what had come to their land. He says, despair, all you farmers. Wail, all you vine growers. Weep, because the wheat and barley, all the crops of the field are ruined. I mean, listen to these words. Talk about a gut punch. Despair, wail, weep. And he goes on, the, the grapevines have dried up and the fig leaves have withered. The pomegranate trees, palm trees and apple trees, all the fruit trees have dried up. And then listen to this last phrase, and the people's joy has dried up with them. The people's joy. Right, like being gut punched, like the wind just being knocked right out of you. I mean, that is the, the, the sense that we get of what Joel is desperately and prophetically uh, stating that was happening in their land. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't say, okay, we've been gut punched. You know, let's give in, let's, let's give up. I want you to just go down one verse to uh, Joel 1.14, because this is what he calls his fellow countrymen to. He says, announce a time of fasting. What? It's like, man, we've just been punched in the gut. I mean, shouldn't we just go to the beach and just try to have a little vacation day? No, he says, announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Bring the leaders and all the people of the land into the temple of the Lord your God and cry out to him there. So we, we see this, this call to fasting and prayer. And I'll tell you, we can go through scripture and I'm just gonna point out a few different examples. There's many, but where people are called to fasting and prayer. Not only when there's times of gut punches and heart-wrenching agony going on, but in, in times when they're looking for breakthrough. But, but this was very similar to the story of Esther. And if you're familiar to her, with her story, it was a time when there was an uprising in the land where there was an edict that was given kind of a law that was passed that was going to allow for the extermination of the Jews. And Esther was given this amazing high privilege of, of being queen in the land. And she had the responsibility to go to her husband, the king, and to plead on behalf of her peoples. And there was no certainty of the outcome. And so she calls out for all of her people to fast in preparation for her going to the king, and there was a great outcome. We also see in King David's life that when his son's life was hanging in the brink, it says that King David fasted. Fasting is not only something done, however, when we're facing hardship. Fasting all through scripture is a spiritual action that people of faith take when they're getting after it in faith. Whenever believers have contended for breakthrough of one kind or another, they get after it with prayer 
and fasting. Jesus, of course, famously fasted for 40 days right at the beginning of his time of earthly ministry. And then his followers followed him in that practice. His disciples did the same. I love in Acts chapter 13, we find the, uh, the believers worshiping, fasting, and praying, and it was right at the beginning times of the missionary efforts of the church to go forth. Read along with me, Acts 13, verses two and three, where it says, one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. And like here, we oftentimes find that prayer along with fasting precedes these times of great insight and prophetic breakthrough. I know that I've experienced that in my own story. And I've shared some of those stories previously, so I don't want to bore those of you who have heard those stories before. But one remarkable one was when Kelly and I really needed some prophetic breakthrough. And, and it was uh, at a time when we felt that it was possible we may be entering a transition and moving um, from one place to another. And we needed God to work out the details and to show us what he wanted us to do. And so it was on a Sunday uh, that I began a week-long time of, of fasting and prayer, saying, God, we need breakthrough. We need your insight. And literally, it wasn't at the end of the fast. It was 24 hours into that fast when God just amazingly showed up and the exact thing, I mean, more than we could have asked or thought or even scripted ourselves, that within 24 hours, God had already paved the way for that next step that we were looking for. It was a time of incredible prophetic breakthrough in our lives and it came right at a time we had dedicated ourselves to fasting and prayer. What is fasting exactly? I want to give you a little definition. Fasting is a period of time when a follower of Jesus chooses to go without something in order to become more fully dependent on God. Let me talk about those, things, those just elements just for a moment. But fasting, it's, it's a period of time. It's a, it's a time that we typically set at the outset of the fast. We'd say, these are the days that I'm going to be setting aside for this time of dedicated fasting and prayer. Sometimes that might be a number of hours. Maybe someone would fast a meal. There are times when it's, we're going to fast for a day. Uh, I've fasted at times for three days or for a week. Uh, there have been times when God has called me to 40-day fasts. So, I mean, there are, there are different kinds of fasting. And in fact, I fasted certain things uh, for months at a time just because I felt that God was calling me to do that. It's when we choose to go without something 
so that we can get after something with faith. It could be said that fasting is unplugging from other power sources so we can plug more fully into God. I mean, I want you to just kind of get that picture in your mind. Because listen, we plug our lives, right? If your fingers were kind of like, like you know, the prongs, and we like, we, we, we try to find all kinds of power sources to plug into, to fill our tank, to fuel our soul, right? To, to make us feel full and alive. We plug into all kinds of different things. Fasting could be a time when we would say, I'm unplugging from some of those so that I can more fully plug in to God. I hope that is a good picture for your divine imagination because we plug into all kinds of things. Now, you might be realizing along with me that that food is the most common universal uh, thing that we plug into as human beings for a source of our fuel, our energy, we plug into food. So most often, fasting includes giving up, choosing to go without food for a certain time. Now, there's several ways that people may choose to fast from food. I think something that uh, has even grown more uh, familiar or ordinary in, in the past years of my life is what people would refer to as a Daniel fast. Because when we read uh, Daniel chapter one, when he chose to go without what the king was providing, all these luxurious rich foods, he said, no, we're choosing to go without that. And so it, it becomes a, a diet more of fruits and vegetables. And you can read that in Daniel chapter one. And so some people choose to enter into a Daniel fast. There are other fasts that might be called a partial fast. And that, that may be where someone would choose to go without breakfast or lunch or dinner. And they, they give up that meal time or, or multiple meals um, in order to partake in that fast. There have been long seasons of my life, or on a particular day of the week, I would enter into that kind of a partial fast where I would not eat until dinner. And that whole day was given over to seeking the Lord and to getting after it in faith and then ending that fast at dinner time. There's also what could be called a juice fast. And that is where all kinds of solid foods are, are laid aside and we choose to give those up and we only get that sustenance from, from juice. And I, through my own personal experience, I can tell you that you can actually fast for a very long time on a juice fast because the juice does provide, you know, I'm not a scientist, but provides the electrolytes and sugars that your body kind of needs for energy. So I've had very long, lengthy fasts where I just fasted with juice alone, and it provided me enough energy to keep working a job and, and kind of just all the normal functions. And then there's also just a water fast. Going on a water fast does not make you more spiritual. 
It does not make you more holy, and I would contend it does not make you even more like Jesus because Jesus did what he knew that he should do, but that was the type of fast that Jesus himself went on for 40 days. And I'll tell you, there are some people who should not fast that way without first consulting with a doctor. There are people who, for a whole variety of reasons, should not fast with water alone. Um, And uh, those with maybe that have experienced eating disorders, those who are pregnant, those who have uh, physical challenges in their bodies, whether it's diabetes or other health-related issues, that would uh, maybe be compromised uh, because of going without foods or certain foods, then consult your doctor as you consult Jesus about food fast. And some of you might say, sure, I could, I could just jump right into that. But listen to what, how the Lord would lead you. But there's other kinds of fasting as well that I believe are also powerful because food is not the only thing that we plug into for our source of strength and energy. We plug into all kinds of things. Remember, whatever you plug into to fill up your soul is something that you may choose to fast from, to give up for a period of time. Different things that I have fasted over my years, I have fasted from television at times. I have fasted from social media. I have fasted from coffee. No! That can be a really challenging one. And I have fasted for even long periods of time from certain hobbies and things that I turn to as a source of joy and inspiration and that I find fun. But I've I've set those aside for periods of time to more fully plug into the Lord. And I've known of others who have fasted from some pretty crazy things. I know that there's been women in my life who, who as they prayed about, God, what do I need to turn away from for a period of time that I, I tend to turn to for my source of strength? And I know that, that there have been women in my life who have fasted from makeup, which just like, I don't personally get that, but I applaud them listening to the Holy Spirit and getting after it in faith. That's like, wow, okay. I, and I know that there's this one story of a, of a teenager that just blows me away. We were participating in a fast together with a, a large group of people, and the story came back to me of one teenager who, when they prayed about one of the things that they were to give up during fasting, they were to give up privacy. Now, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but they knew what they plugged into for their source of strength was going into their bedroom, closing the door, and shutting out their family and the rest of the world. So you know what? For that period of that fast, you know what that teenager did? Took their door off their hinges. Set the door aside. Now, that's a crazy fast. But you know what? I believe that God honors everything that we say, God, I am choosing to unplug from these things that typically I turn to to fill my soul because, God, I am wanting to take these days to plug into you more fully. 
I believe that we need to ask Jesus personally, maybe as a family, God, what is it that we need to fast from so that we can really get after it, so that we can be alert, stand firm, and stand strong in our faith during these days? Fasting communicates loud and clear to your body, your mind, and your spirit. I am not giving up. I am not giving in. I am getting after it in faith. I am getting after it with Jesus. Any type of fasting, when prompted by the Holy Spirit, will have real spiritual power for breakthrough. And not only does our nation need breakthrough, but I need breakthrough in my personal life. How about you? But with any fasting, it's not just about unplugging, it's about plugging in to Jesus. The time we would normally have spent eating, doing hobbies, watching television, taking that hour on social media, those are times that we now have available to us to spend with him. Over the next three weeks, I am asking you, I am am calling you to join our church family, to join with me in a 21-day season of fasting and prayer. I love that this was something that had been prompted by Foursquare leaders nationally, and that many Foursquare churches in our nation and around the world are participating in this month. But I'm, I'm so thankful that this was prompted seasons ago, but now we come to this very moment in a, in a unique season of time of the transition of a president of our nation and at a time in which our nation is really at a time of, of challenge and some upheaval. And we are called to it right during this period. It's almost like God knew what we would need to not give in and not give up, but to get after it in faith. This 21-day fast starts tomorrow, Monday, January 11th. And if you look at a calendar, starting tomorrow, 21 days, Monday through Sunday, three times, will take us right to the end of the month, to Sunday, January 31st, when we're gonna be able to gather together And that will be our final day of that 21-day fast. And I believe that God's going to show up and speak to us and and minister to us during this time that we'll be able to rejoice in. Not only is this a powerful way to start the new year personally, but like I said, I believe that now more than ever that we need to be getting after it in faith, standing on behalf of our world and our nation, crying out to the Lord. As Kaylin mentioned in the announcement just before I spoke, that our national uh, leaders in Foursquare have created a really solid resource for us. If you're, if you're here in the courtyard, we have printed out a handful of copies if someone maybe doesn't have access to a computer at home. We'll print one out for you and make that available to you. 
uh, Pastor Kelly and Rico in the courtyard will, will tell you how you can access one of those printed copies if you need one. But everybody else, if you just uh, have a smartphone or go on, your, go on your computer to our church website, sm4.org, sm4.org, you're going to find right on our homepage, you're going to see 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you click on that, it's going to open up a, a PDF file that is this really helpful resource. And it's going to walk us day by day together. So you and I are going to be praying for the same things meditating on some of the same scriptures and getting after it together in faith. I believe that even as some would hear that we're entering in and being called to this 21 days of fasting and prayer, there may be some that just say, you know what, I think I might rather give up or give in. There may be some who would say, I, I don't know if I can participate in that right now. Maybe later when I've kind of rebounded, you know, from, from all the other things that are going on in our life, in our world, in our nation. But I want to conclude with a scripture. And I believe that it, this is a promise for those who would say, I am going to get after it. And I'm going to join in these three weeks, these 21 days of fasting and prayer. So I want to conclude with the words of Jesus. It's part of the Beatitudes, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. It's found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. I want you to just listen to the words of Jesus. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we acknowledge what is happening in our, our nation right now. We acknowledge the things that are happening in our world and even right here locally in our community. So many of them are hard. We don't try to put our head in the sand and try to make believe that these things are not going on. These things are real, they're serious, and at times they do feel like gut punches that just suck the wind right out of us. But Lord, we hear your call. We know, Lord, that you experienced all of those things and more and yet call us to a different path. You call us to be people who will stay alert, to stand firm, to stand strong in our faith, to get after it along with you, remembering that we have been filled by the Holy Spirit of God himself, that would indwell us, that would encourage us, that would remind us of you and all the things that you've said, including what we just read, your promise that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, in other words, those who, who don't try to fill up their lives with so many other things to try to mask that hunger, but the, Lord, that they actually embrace the hunger but it's hungering for righteousness. It's hungering for like what we looked at last week when we looked at the Lord's prayer, your prayer, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's righteousness. Lord, and as we set ourselves to hunger after those things, 
Lord, we, we're gonna take you at your word and believe your promise that we will be filled. Not by things we're normally filled with, but Lord, as we set aside these days for fasting and prayer, Lord, we are gonna be filled, Lord Jesus, with new hope, filled with a renewed faith, filled with a confidence, Lord, that the gospel is not only as real today as it was 2,000 years ago, but Lord, that we embrace it as our good news and a good news to be shared, Lord, with the world around us, that there is hope because of you, not because of the things that we see on the news and not because of political parties and elected officials, but Lord, we have hope because of you. Jesus, you are Lord. And so, Lord, we ask for an anointing, Lord, on these next three weeks. Lord, I pray that for all who say, I am gonna commit myself to joining in these 21 days of fasting and prayer, that God, that you would anoint their lives, you would anoint their homes, you would anoint their souls. Lord, even during these days that we set aside and dedicate to you. Show up big time, Lord, in our lives, in our church, and in our nation. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, make sure before you forget about it, please go over to the website, sm4.org. Get that resource that's gonna fuel our journey together. And if you're not fasting from social media, hey, make sure you also go over to Facebook and Instagram because we're gonna be putting some other resources on there and encouraging each other during this next 21 days. Church family, your love. We'll see you again next Sunday.